Hello, mountain biking friends. This is Ben, and I will be your host for another special series on Mountain Bike Radio. This one is from Outer Bike in Moab back in April, and I have several interviews coming up. This is the first to be released, and it is with Parker Rowan fans. He is the outside sales rep for the Intermountain East area for Rocky Mountain Bicycles. He had previously been managing Angry Catfish over in Minneapolis, and he had moved out to Colorado. So it's an interesting conversation. We talk about Colorado, bikes, life, and everything in between. This episode is sponsored by Health IQ, which is an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like you, hopefully, and others. So if you know people who run or do yoga or eat a bunch of vegetables or lift weights, or maybe you do all of those, uh, you can save some money on your life insurance. So what Health IQ has done, and I know because I've taken advantage of it, gone through the process, and it was good. Save money. I'm all set up. But what they've done is they've taken science, data, and put it all together and offer you some money off your life insurance for being healthy. It's like uh, car insurance that uh, gives you discounts for being a good driver. Same deal here. They're saving you money, leading you through the whole thing. Uh, exclusive savings just for you. And to find out if you qualify, head over to healthiq.com slash MBR or just get on the phone and uh, talk to one of their agents. Tell them the code MBR and that helps us do all this. They're supporting the show. And uh, that's it. So I'll stop with the ads right now. But uh, enjoy this episode with Parker. And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, whatever it is, send me an email, ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Thank you. I'm here, Ben, at uh, Outer Bike, recording with uh, various people. And uh, this time I'm sitting down with Parker. What's your last name? Roan Fans. Roan Fans. Yeah, I think and, I got uh, that right. Yes. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I've been trying. I, I asked the family about it, and it used to have some moonlouts, and it doesn't have some moonlouts now. Okay. So. so you all German? Uh, no, actually, there's a lot of English um, from my mother's side. Um, okay. The, the Roan Fans comes from my dad's side, okay. but yeah, a lot of English, a okay. lot of German. Okay. Yep. Well, he is... Uh, you give your title. Yeah, so I'm the uh, the sales outside sales rep for the Colorado Territory. We, Intermountain, Intermountain East, East, what was it? Yes. is what we call it. Yes. So I cover everywhere from, um, gosh, as far south as Austin and Houston, Texas, all the way up to Rapid City and Spearfish. Oh, cool. And so... That's a good... The, uh, it's a good, good little strip there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, some sections are a little spread out, but I get uh, New Mexico, the entire state of Colorado, a little sliver of Wyoming, and then, um, yeah, then up to, to that rapid city, the Black Hills. Cool. Yeah. So awesome. we're going to talk about Rocky Mountain yeah, in a little awesome. bit. Yeah, awesome. Great. But you came, it's good to sit down where uh, Parker is uh, Midwest. Yeah. Roots. I don't yeah. know. Is that where you're originally from? So born in Omaha. Okay. And then we moved when I was really young to Hudson, Wisconsin. Okay. And so. Yeah, you're even fellow in Wisconsin. Yeah. So, so yeah. essentially, uh, you know, suburb of the Twin Cities. Yeah, really. pretty much at this um, point. Yeah. And that's kind of why we went there. My dad was building the houses out there and, uh, you know, folks from the big 3M, IBM, mm-hmm. Target were yep. all building houses in yep. Wisconsin. Yep. So, yeah, I started out in bike shops in Hudson. Uh, worked at Art Doyle's for about four years. Then I went to school in Winona and ran uh, a shop down there for a little bit, um, four or five years. And we then, didn't really count Winona. I went. I graduated from Lacrosse, so we didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, was, it was like it was. I mean, I got a those people up there commercial recreation degree. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Uh, we we did a lot of playing. Yeah. And then uh, tried my my hand in the um the corporate world with lifetime fitness and did events with them when they were doing all their acquisitions of the yeah, big yeah. races and starting up you know the lutes 99er and um buying schwamigan and that sort of stuff and uh moved out to boise and worked for them for a little while and okay. then boomerang back to minneapolis was with an agency doing kind of the same thing event work and then um and then landed back in the bike world at angry catfish in minneapolis for the past four years or so So you were managing that place yeah doing uh 
you know, a bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think small business, we, we yeah, do yeah, a yeah. lot of stuff. So yeah. Josh, the owner, um, it, uh, just has a lot of drive to build a lot of the culture in mm-hmm. Minneapolis, which is amazing. And I stepped in to try and help him uh, free up some of his time to pursue those projects and and, yeah. uh, and help still build the catfish. And yep. um, spent four years there, and it was... I mean, honestly, it was the best job I've yeah. had so far in my, my career. Grew a lot in four years, didn't it? It, it blossomed a yeah. ton. So they put, they were four years in before I started. Mm-hmm. And the amount of growth and community building that had happened in that first four years, like, just escalated okay. massively after that. So yeah, because you, cool you couldn't do something bike-related in Minneapolis without seeing something angry catfish somewhere. It was wild. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, um, it was cool to be a part of. It was, uh, the community was just, yeah, just amazing. Yeah. So it's good. So you did that, and yep. uh, how'd you end up with Rocky Mountain moving out here, out to the west and yeah, doing all this? a bit of a, a random funny story, but I wasn't looking to m- pursue another career. Right. I, I was really happy (laughs) in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. and really happy at the catfish Mm -hmm. and uh this kind of fell into my lap so uh, I got a call from one of the um one of the national did you guys sell Rocky Mountain at the shop at least or anything so I had actually been shopping Rocky um you know from a retailer Rocky was someone that like they weren't in the midwest they were kind of a cool small niche brand that they still had uh they still had this appeal that they could, you know, the lineup is so big, they could take over and be your main brand yeah, if you wanted right. to. So I had, I'd been trying to build up a bunch of mountain bike brands at the Catfish and I had been shopping Rocky. So I went on up and demoed it with Chris Newland, who is the, uh, kind of the, the sales manager for the East coast. He's yeah. out of Madison. Okay. And, uh, it didn't work out then, but he gave me a call months later with this opportunity and, yeah. um, Two months after that, I was out here living in the back of my element for about a month before I found a place to to live, and I just landed in uh, in Salida, yeah. where apparently I need to go. Yes, you do meet Ben. No, I'm or I'm you right here. Meet Matt. Matt. Yeah, sorry, Matt. sorry. No, because you met Matt. You've been you've been talking to Matt online. Yeah, yeah. He and I messaged each other a couple mm-hmm. times on Instagram, and um, I've been just traveling like crazy since I get started with the yeah. company. So I well, need it's to good go. though. Yeah. So, super. so what do you do then? Like, what? Because everybody, there's reps all over the place doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And we just kind of throw it around. And I bet you, if we'd ask f- five people, one would be actually be able to tell you what a rep actually does. Yeah. And so I what, think. So I what think do you there's, like? There's what a, do you do then? So there's there's a bit of because you're new to this whole thing. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm new to this, but I also know what the what the I don't know, stigma of a rep has typically been. Yeah, like exactly. Put, That's like, what I'm getting at. Is to like, push you, a bunch of product on right. a bunch of small retailers yep. and choke them up. And yep. it's, we honestly, <laughs> yep, that's that been, is, right? Yep, they're yep. salespeople. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're slimy. So, um, oh boy, no I'm going to get emails from that. <laughs> Bike reps are slimy. But um, it's, it's uh, I was a bit weary in that respect too, because yeah. as, a, as a buyer for a bike shop, I, you know, I didn't want to get put myself in a position where, I, uh, I was doing, I was having negative impact on small businesses. Yeah. I wanted to be there to consult and help grow them. And yeah. honestly, that's the reason that's what really sold me on Rocky is when we're, so we're really small here in the United States comparative to our market share in Canada and our market share over in Europe. Okay. And the direction that we've been taking our rep group and the direction that we've been taking our dealers is a really consultative small business development okay stance so what grows their business in general helps grow our business yeah so you can walk in there and feel good and not like yeah you know see the owner like slide away in the back and like you know i'll be there in a little while you know and which is so i will tell you it's been hard to break down that barrier Mm -hmm. break down that wall because i think the typical stereotype of a rep is to come in and you know hound you for sales and orders and stuff like that and i am um from coming from catfish where we did so many so many events so many community-based things and the coffee shop in there so you're constantly dealing with people on a different level and and it was just a diverse 
market. Yeah. So we wanted to, I'm trying to brainstorm with my dealers on how to open up different revenue channels and how to make them more money and how to expose themselves on um, social media better. And I'm trying to help them just build their business. Right. Some of them are a little apprehensive as they are just kind of stuck in their old ways. Yeah. But some of them have been really receptive and we've seen it even in the past six months that I've been with them, we've seen it change considerably, which is awesome. So I guess to go back to what you were asking, I, I come in, I have to do the typical rep stuff, right? I have to sell bikes to shops that then sell them to the customers. Yep. Um, I've got to work through, you know, the warranty stuff and the tech stuff and all those, those pieces to it. But my favorite part of my job is when I can sit down and really have an intimate conversation with a business owner on what they want to be in five years and how we can do that. That seems like, that seems like something that's very infant in the bike industry and business owners just, why is it so hard? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you're walking in there trying to help like, cause you don't, you're successful. If they're successful, they're successful. If you're successful, like it's not a, it's not a, one-way street if they're selling a ton of brand why mm-hmm. that's not us let's sell more of those because that's going to free up more budget to buy more of my bikes right yeah. and it's going to build their brand image enough to buy more bikes in general so right. i don't need to be like i'm not looking at the floor space going we need to be bigger yeah. here hey our bike is uh in the back you want to yeah. bring it up a little bit here yeah. like this and like and it's getting a little easier to break down that stigma we're risk aversion is really what we've been trying to work on with our dealers. Like, um, there's a lot of risk to buying bikes. Oh, Um, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a huge overhead commitment. Um, you don't know if they're going to work, right? Like you don't know what's cool. You don't know what's hot. It changes all the time. Yep. So the best thing that we can do is monitor that from a Rocky standpoint and then feed that information to our dealers to try and help elevate them in their marketplace. Yeah. So what have you learned six six months, you said, right? You've been doing this? Yeah. So what have you learned, uh, I guess, expectations versus how it's panned out? And what have you learned? <laughs> any any big lessons that you didn't think about that you now are realizing, oh, wow, I didn't think about that? Um, oh, Anything tons. come to mind that's... Uh, uh, I didn't think... I didn't think that I would... How do I phrase this? I thought it would be a lot easier to get in contact with a lot of these shops. Okay. Uh, to be quite honest. Yeah. You know, like I thought they would be more receptive and more um, excited to see someone new. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're, you're comfortable with your old ways. And so I've, I've definitely had to prove myself more to them yeah. than, uh, than I had keeps you on your toes though oh for sure (laughs) it makes you do a good job i gotta keep up to date on a lot of stuff yep um i don't know that's that's the biggest one that stands out to me right now like the expectation that i didn't i didn't realize that we were going to run into or i didn't realize the hurdle that i was going to have to jump that i've been how about living out west how Uh, is it compared to a long time to drive places yeah so midwest is like you know, you have friends and stuff. It's like, oh, oh I have to drive three hours by myself. It's like, here, it's like, I don't even know what to Fruita. It's like two and a half hours or something just to get of nothing. So like, there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, and it's eighty miles an hour. Yeah, posted yeah. speed limit from exactly. here to Fruita. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I'm down in Salida, which is kind of a really great central hub for me. So I can drop down into New Mexico if I want, but if if I need to make it to the front range, it's about a two, two and a half hour drive yeah. depending on where I'm headed. And then once the passes open up, I can get to, you know, over to Vale and Carbondale and Aspen pretty easily. And yep. Tell you ride and Purgatory or a, a, a Durango area yep. are all kind of their own thing that I I've definitely have to make, make time for than I do. Right. Um, but it's been no winter. We haven't had much. I know. You don't get much. You're in the little, they call yeah, the it banana, banana belt. belt yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we haven't had much. I've ridden my bike a ton yeah. in the winter, which is crazy. Yeah. Cause just because the Midwest has had such a harsh past couple winters. I know this one had a ton of late snow. but Yeah, it's. I should show you pictures of Hayward right now. Yeah. They were out on the trails yesterday or two days ago. There's a group. I bet it's out. Primo. 
perfect. Skiing's perfect. Oh, Fat man. bike's pretty, uh, it's supposed to get soft they canceled today, Berkey last year, right? Yeah, there was no snow. Right. At all. Like, gone. So, we've been getting snow, and the passes will shut down during those blizzards, but down in Salida, it's, you know, yeah, if we you get, get to snow, ride on dirt. yeah, if we get snow, it melts by noon, and then the trails are tacky by three, mm-hmm. and it's, I just don't. Under, I still can't wrap my head around it, but it's it's. I'm happy yeah. to be there. Yeah, yeah. that's what, that's kind of the way we had it when we first moved to Denver. Um, it, you know, you're there for a couple months, yeah. and you you start realizing like, wow, it's like the snow because you see the first big snowstorm in Denver. You get the upslope, and it's like you know two feet yep. of snow forecast, and you're like, holy shit, two to three. You look at the first forecast, and it's like two to three feet. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be around for like ever. And like three days later, everything's yeah. clear and like melted away. Yeah, it and stays all this. a little muddy in corners yeah. and this and that. But the other thing that has been surprising being out here is how many because there's so many users, the uh, the acceptance of opening trails when there's mm-hmm. a little mud is huge. You know, uh, the black dirt and clay back in the Minneapolis area. Yeah, especially we, Minneapolis. It gets beat to hell. Especially Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it changes the dynamic of the trail if it yeah. gets written on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Hayward area, a little bit different. A uh, lot, we're pretty lucky. You know, you're Ours lucky. Like pine needles. And, yeah, it filters through uh, really yeah. well. Get down to, like, Bentonville, Fayetteville. You can ride when it's raining, which is Really? Just, yeah, yeah, that's... It's incredible. Yeah. Um, even some of the trails up in Duluth, like, when it's wet, they're great. Yeah. Um, but out here, if it rains in the morning, you're probably going to be riding later that day. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and they're good about posting if they're closed. Yep. Uh, even I rode for the first time Apex down near Golden. Yep. And we rode up to a section called the Enchanted Forest. Yep. And, um, walked in about 30 feet and okay. just to check out what was going in mm-hmm. or going on in there. And, you know. It was muddy, turned around, yep. ripped back down. Yep, exactly. It's fine. You make a judgment call out here, and it's easy to do. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's been good. That's good. It's yeah. uh, it's always an adjustment for somebody that's grown up and lived in the Midwest their entire life to come out here. And I, but it's funny the driving thing is it's so I don't even know how to describe it. it it's so funny. It, it is it's so difficult for here. Front yeah. range for people in the front range to come to Moab, like we're yeah. sitting here in yeah, our yeah. bike. Yeah, like they take maybe Friday off, and they'll come out like Thursday night yep. after work or whatever, Friday, and go back on Sunday. Like it's just a weekend trip. Well, and it's going through that I 70 corridor is fast, yeah, like you rip through, yeah, even it's still if it's a long snowing, way, though. it's a long it's still way, six hours from Denver, totally. But the, the travel times that I'm always surprised about, yeah, like if, um. Like, if I go from Telluride to Durango. That's a long as drive. The, as the crow flies. <laughs> it's not far at all, yeah. It's, you know, half the distance from Minneapolis to Duluth. Right, exactly. But it takes two to three hours. Yeah. Like, depending on what the conditions yep. are. It's but if you do that in the Midwest, like, the mindset is not the same yeah, at all. It's, I mean, just it's so just, tight. I don't know what twisty. it is. Yeah, because it is. You're in trees and yeah. stuff, so you get the feeling that you're never... Here, you see 80 miles away, like... Well, mountain range. the drives out here are spectacular. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been much of a windshield junkie, but I really love my time to do that. Yeah. And like you and I were talking about before, I, guess. I, I catch up on podcasts. <laughs> I've, I've, um, I haven't read, but I've listened to more books in the past six yeah. months than I have probably in the past five years. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been awesome to be able to yeah. do that. And and, and secretly, and uh, being in the mountains, as far as work goes, gives me a little bit of time off to not focus on my phone or focus on... Because there's no signal. There's shitty... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no yeah. signal. There's nothing buzzing. Mm-hmm. I download a, a, a book, and I listen to that for four or five hours while I'm going through the mountains. And then yeah. when I get to wherever I'm, I'm planning on getting to... Then I set up shop and start working. Yeah. So it's been nice to have that little break. That's good. Yeah. So let's talk about bikes in a second. I want to get yeah. your thoughts on... Um, We've got them. I know. You have <laughs> plenty of bikes. And by the way, that board that you have over there, just showing your lineup. Isn't that great? It's a really good idea because yeah. nobody else has one. Well, in so when people come up, like I was just listening to Sam talk to uh, a rider about what enduro means. 
I'm going to interrupt right here to pay some more bills. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, Health IQ sponsoring this episode. I saved money on my life insurance. It's for active people, and uh, I really think you need to check it out. It's real easy. It's free. And to see if you qualify, you go to healthiq.com slash MBR. Or if you're on the phone already, just use the code MBR, and it will help a lot to support Mountain Bike Radio and what we have going on. And you're wondering, well, not a lot of money. I'm not going to save that much. No big deal. But I saved nearly 30% on mine, and 56% of all Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on your life insurance. So it's worth your time. Just give them a call or go to the site, healthiq.com slash MBR. And to be able to look at the trail selection go... Well, or at our bike selection go, well, enduro can mean anything because it's just a race. But here are the bikes that fit what would those races be. Because if you race the enduro in Duluth, you can do it on a cross-country bike. Yeah. But if you race an enduro out here, it's a little different. You yeah. might need something a bit more capable. Yeah. But really, you can get to the from the start line to the finish line yeah, it's, on anything. Totally. Yeah, so the word can. enduro doesn't really mean can, anything. Yeah. So to show people that it's broken down into like, you know, cross-country categories or um, endurance categories or uh, trail, which is a really big That's, umbrella yeah. category. And then, uh, you know, I the more free-ride enduro-type marketing terms, I guess. Right. It, it helps to talk about that. And yeah. that's actually, that little billboard is new for us, so I'm really happy oh, we have Oh, it's really good because you walk around well. other demo spots and there's nobody has, I was standing there reading it. Just yeah. looking through the stuff. Especially when people are in line in the morning. Yeah. And then we've got about nine different sheets that can go in there. Yeah. So we'll change it based on where we're at or what we're yeah. doing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, one thing before we get to bikes. I want to ask you about the move. Um, small yeah. town versus big town. So you're originally from a smallish, Hudson's smallish Yeah, Hudson town. was small. We were... What did the sign say? We were 20,000, yeah, 30,000 people? But then to go to like the Slida area from Minneapolis area well, where there's a Target and a, every every time I go to Minneapolis, I lived there for yeah. a year and a half or something. It's like you can't go. It takes you six Targets to go to any place you're going. <laughs> you know, like you could yeah. measure it in like stores. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's everything you could ever want all the time right yeah. at your fingertips. And to go to a small town, like we had... Like we had the similar now we go to Hayward it's like you kind of have to plan ahead sometimes or if it's like specialty stuff yeah like you have to know like you have to plan ahead and that's just it forces you to like take a step back and think about you know purchases or like hey like this is good or this sucks or whatever it is Timing. Like, you want to go to the grocery store you can't go after eight o'clock maybe yeah exactly yeah which is we have a 24 hour so we're good you guys yeah, are yeah. good but even down you know slide a you can go I think until like 10 o'clock at some of those places but yeah, the it the change from a metropolis like a huge. I, I was in the Bryn Mawr area, okay. So I was in the thick of it, yeah, right? Yeah. There's just yep. people on top of people, and then when I was riding, my commute to the shop when I was li- working in Minneapolis was through the heart of downtown, right next to Target Corporate, okay. Um, south through the Midtown area and, mm-hmm. and through South Minneapolis, and I passed million people, right, on my commute. Yep. And here, Salida is like maybe a town of 5,800 yep. and the surrounding area, I'm, I'm kind of over in a corner of Pancha, yep. the base of the, the pass there. And um, I bet the selective or the, the um, that whole little bubble is maybe 7,000 yeah. people. Uh, now it takes you two seconds to go anywhere you want. You know, the grocery store, it's like, psh, it's different. Bike over there, psh, done. It's, it's really yeah. different. And you're right. I have to plan a lot more yeah. um, especially for work too like anything you know if you have to ship whatever it is like they have to get you a bike maybe whatever it yeah. is it's always well, like an extra don't get me started about shipping because my <laughs> the place that I'm living I in I am getting you started this is <laughs> the place that I'm living in isn't recognized by the US Postal Ooh. Service which right? is awesome because it's yeah, like yeah. an unincorporated town so yep. I, I had to get a P.O. box yeah. for the first time in my life try shipping to a P.O. box try shipping to a P.O. box when the post office doesn't have enough P.O. boxes to give out. Yeah. So I moved to town, yep. and I figure out that I can't get anything. 
this is a, <laughs> okay. this is an issue. Uh, we we had the similar thing up in Williston, North Dakota. It was there's so many people and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we and didn't have a mailbox because our corporate office is up in Vancouver. They ship through DHL, yep. which then lands in Denver and then goes to a third party to yep. try and get it out to me in the boonies. And usually it's a postal. Don't DHL does either. And usually FedEx or it's a postal service. postal service. So I like my business cards. I was trying to have those shipped to me, yeah. and they got rerouted back to Canada because <laughs> I because I don't exist. Yeah. So it was tough because I came into town, knew I had to get a PO box, went to the the post office. Their PO boxes were full, so I got on a waiting list for a PO box. <laughs> You're like, man, this is 1940 or what? Kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in a really good way. It is. Yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah. really great. Yeah. yeah. Um. And got a, ended up getting a PO box within a couple months, but yeah. uh, it you know when I'm shipping something, if I'm ordering something, it's I have to be very delicate yeah. about how I phrase it, or even like my credit card company has it's, been a yep. struggle to yep. get my I, any updates or anything like that via um, via paper. But yeah. luckily, that you know that system is we don't rely on a ton. But for my job, I do because yeah. I have to have catalogs. I've got to have you know new marketing collateral. I've yeah. got to have all these things, and it's got to make it to me somehow. Yeah, it's just um, good because it, it 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 it. What I'm getting at is it makes you take a step back and realize like it's not all go all the time. Yeah. Everything's already like catered to you. It's like, wait a second, I have to wait for a PO yeah. box, yeah. right? So it's a good. And, and it's a good step back. Jason, my like just, post office guy, is yeah. the best. I know. Now you know. Now the, I know Jason. I know. It's we know our UPS guy. Like he's, yeah. you know, we got the whole story. We talk. well, and I know a, the local shipping company. Like the big, if I have pallets of stuff shipped to me, yeah. which I I do, and yeah. um, I know them now. Yeah, which is kind of great because yeah. they'll come over and they'll knock on my door in the morning <laughs> and go, "Hey, yeah, you you've got a you've got two pallets of boxes at the warehouse. Where do you want them?" And I I have a um, my place is really small. Okay. So I have a storage unit in town and I go, well, I'll just, I'll come over with my element and I'll see if I can fit them all in the element. Usually I can, but if, yeah. if not, I'll just have them delivered to the storage right to unit. This. Yeah. yeah. It's What's good. great is the people that have been there know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they know how to traverse this far better than I have. So yep. I just ask for their advice. Yep. That's all Absolutely. I can ask for. No, it's good. You, it's good because a small town, you start to depend on people more than you would. In the bigger city, we kind of all have your agenda. Like, you know, yeah. you're riding, you're doing your commute in the morning, just trying to get there without crashing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you take a step back and you start to realize when you, you're dealing with actual people. And then you start calling them by their names. You're like, hey, yeah, Jason's the delivery guy or whatever yeah. it is. It's just, it changes, it changed my perspective from, it was, it was, it just reminded me of, I want, I, uh, uh, it was a change I needed. And you could still do all this stuff and meet all these people and go to the cities and all that kind of stuff. It's good. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I'm down on the front range a ton, right? There's just so many people down there. So absolutely. I get that slice. And then when I go home, it feels like I'm on vacation. Yeah. It's, and it's, is it hard to leave sometimes? Like, you're like, man, I just, I kind of want to just stay here this weekend. It's really nice. I mean, it is until it's like, oh, I have to leave, but I have to go to Moab. Mm. Or I've got to leave, but I have to go to Vail. Yeah. Or I have to leave, but I have to go to Steamboat. Yeah. It's split, though, because you're happy to come home. I'm happy to come home and have something consistent, have a, you know, a place that I know, like, where everything is and just feels comfortable. But then again, I I love sleeping in the back of my rig and I love waking up out here. Yeah, this is pretty good. The people out here are of a same positive mentality about that sort of lifestyle yeah. that it, it makes it really easy. Yeah. The other thing about Moab, too, is, like, you go through town and you start to talk to people or whatever, and it's it's different than, like, uh, you know, like Breckenridge, for example. You're just dealing, this time of year, you're dealing with a lot of ski, pe- yeah. all ski people. Yeah. And it's Spring break? Yeah. It's just a little bit different. Like, if you sit down and start talking to the moto guys, like, a lot of times, like, there's this perception that they don't get along you start talking to moto guys like you like they're like dude what are you guys doing out there on those little bikes and you're like yeah. you know you start talking so when you go through moab it's a different <laughs> it's a it's a totally different feel because you feel like you're on this you're all kind of doing the same thing well what was funny is last week was jeep week out here okay so the week before that's a big deal isn't it it's i mean i think it is the deal, the deal. Okay. out here and 
the week prior to Easter, all these Jeepers come out and they um, they do a parade for it, and it's just kind of a big hoopla. Well, since there's so many multi-use trails out here, you interact with those other users a ton. Yep. And I hadn't made it out here yet, but a few of my friends from Minneapolis and California were out here and they said they were out on a trail and watching these jeepers trying to traverse this section yeah, yeah. and they watched a jeep flip like oh, really? do, yeah into this canyon and there you have you know people that are engaging the jeeper jeeping um, crawling, crawling crawling I think I'm Rock I think crawling. that's right and uh, you know the moto guys are over in the corner the mountain bikers are over here there's a couple hikers here they're all cheering for the same thing because it's yeah. just kind of hilarious yeah. It flips over. Everybody's concerned, yep. and then you know somebody honks, and everything's good. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it it shows you we're you know we're all out here to do the same thing, have a good time, and it doesn't need to be a stressful yeah. user group interaction type thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's what Moab Moab really has going for it is kind of that interaction is yeah it's different. Find another city that has four wheelers going down the street like that, like down in Moab. It just doesn't. It's not the same. Yeah, I mean... We do in Hayward, but it's not anything like that. Yeah, or you get snowmobiles coming through town in the middle of winter, but there's not a lot lot of people there. No, but there was one in one of those side-by-side, whatever, the four-seater, whatever, UTV things. um, One of them, it it looked like a dad and a mom, and then a little kid in the back, like, you know, six or seven. Yeah. Then next to that kid was a kid in a car seat with a helmet on they had a kid in a car a little kid in a car seat with a helmet on it was pretty it's, funny it's wild the our um our boss john's up in park city okay. and he's got a razor and yeah. he you know it's he and his wife and his two kids yeah. and they just go yeah off they have yeah. a good time yeah that's why cool. not all right let's talk about bikes because that's listeners are like Dude, okay you guys let's talk about some bikes here so i want to talk i want to take this two ways your specific bikes but then yeah. I want to get your thoughts on a couple things, um, yeah. just in general, like trend in general. So, tell us, uh, give listeners an idea what you have cooking. I guess current, like popular stuff and new stuff that you like, the recent, you know, newest stuff. Yeah. So got. it's. Um, and we did some videos too. So I did. Uh, yeah. I wrote the, the, uh, the pipeline first and, the pipeline. and then the element. Yep. Yeah. So, I will first say that. Even though I'm new with the company, mm-hmm. it feels like I'm with a new company. Okay. So all of our bikes in the past year or so got completely updated, um, and it feels like a brand new bike brand. Okay. So there's not, you know, there's not a stepchild in the entire bunch. Like okay. everything feels really uniform and yep. put together. But yep. out here, you have so many unique riders that. We bring everything from our, you know, flashy cross crunchy race bikes all the way up to the big free ride stuff yep. because there's stuff to ride out here for yep. everything. So, yep. uh, I guess for this region in particular, or actually for, I should say the West, maybe even the United U.S., uh, our Instinct, which is our two niner trail bike, has mm-hmm. been the it bike for okay. us for the past six months or so since it was launched. Uh, we also have a bike in uh, our lineup that we've had for a while that was launched a bit prior to the Instinct called the Altitude. Okay. And that's our 27.5 trail bike. That uh, was the one that got pushed around initially the bike packing, wasn't it? There was like a... Dude, that was the Sherpa. Sherpa, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. so the Sherpa was That the was first, like one of the first like 27.5 plus. It oh was. My gosh, look at yeah, it was the first like carbon 27.5 yeah. plus bikes that isn't that crazy uh, it was only like what four three four years ago yeah Something and we like you know we we I, I still have a couple dealers that keep those around because there's such i mean there's such confident bikes for people mm-hmm. to rent out and demo yeah. um so the bike that kind of took the place of that is the pipeline okay and the pipeline when we first introduced it was a bit longer in the tooth like a 150 front end 130 rear end okay well we evened it out and put it kind of in the middle so it's a 140 140 and but we did that for a few reasons so that um it evened out the bike a bunch how it rides but it also shares the same frame as the instinct so you if you get a pipeline or if you get an instinct it's four different bikes it's a it's a instinct with the 29 inch wheel 140 140 it's a pipeline with the 27 plus 140 140 and then you can bc it which is our way of 
kind of hot rod in our bikes for uh, you know British Columbia, right? Like yeah. it's it's what the engineers and the product managers up there ride personally. So it means usually a little bit wider rim, a little bit beefier, gnarlier tire, bigger fork, longer travel, wider bar, yeah. bigger brakes, yeah. sort of thing. So that instinct and pipeline platform you can long shock it you can put a rear shock on there that jumps it from 140 to 155 okay and then you can put a fork on there that will bump it from uh 140 to 160 Mm -hmm. and we're doing a you know as reps and product people we're we're doing a little experimenting kind of everywhere in between like yep Sam jokes around that his is the Utah edition, which is 140 <laughs> rear and 160 front. Okay. Um, I've got a one sixty. Yeah, the it. UT edition. Yeah. You're the CO. Uh, I've got the CO edition, which yeah. will be something similar to that. Uh, but that bike has been great. And then, yeah, you can still put 27 plus in it with that long travel. Okay. So there's another bike, and then the fun thing that I've been playing around with is I can fit 2.629er tires in mine. Okay. So not quite plus that big wide trail platform, yeah. uh, which out here when you hit those sand patches. So I will say, I, yes, I will say that, uh, what did it have? The pipeline. A 2.8 on it? Yeah. Doesn't seem big at all <laughs> on any of this stuff. Right. Because you're like, you know what? It's per- like you said with sandy stuff, you have no, you don't really, you're not really concerned about going off anything into sand. Right. You know, it's not so much the washing out in corners, whatever. It's the, like, when you're going off rocks or whatever, you you don't even think about the, the sandy Well, and so. the sand's ample out here. Oh, yeah. You so. know, because you can fall off a, a rock step, and all of a sudden it's just a pat, big, giant yeah. patch of sand. Yep. And if you run a 2.2 two or 2.1 two or two, yep. even a 2.3.5 out here, it can get a little unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. So you've been running two, two, two six. Six, 29ers. Yeah. How many? There's not a lot of those tires. There are not a lot. <laughs> they, they've, I mean, there's some, some. They have odd sizes, is what I'm saying. Like, Tureen has odd sizes, and, like, they're trying to fill. Like, yeah. it's clear that they're filling in the gap with all the different stuff, so it's really cool. I wish I would have saved something I wrote nine, God, it was like nine years ago. About uh, tires? About tires. Long story, but uh, Back in the day, 22 Cycles was a company I was involved in getting started. We oh, were, yeah. Up on the East Coast? No, it's it was here in Colorado. That's a different cycles. 22. That's a different 22. Up in Canada, yeah. whatever. We started back in 2009. All the 22s. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, but I wrote something because I was like, you know what? With the different tires and I was test, I was just trying out, I don't even know what it was. It was the biggest, it's like a 2.4 on a... The widest rim I could get, because at the time I don't know what the what, rabbit hole maybe or something. It, it, it's when the been rabbit the past hole first came out. Five years that things have. Yeah. Ever since fat bikes. Yeah. So what I did is I was like I wrote something up and it's gone because my old blog was like I just let it lapse or whatever. But I was writing like, hey, this is like, I'm trying to do this. I can't do it. We have all these fat bike tires and there's like this whole thing in between and it's like. I wish I would have saved it, and I didn't. That's so great. now I can just say I said that. But you know. <laughs> um, so anyhow, so yeah, so twenty nine. I'm totally derailing. Yeah, twenty nine two six. So the wide trail platform. So yeah. we, uh, when we redid our entire lineup, that was one thing we really wanted to stress is where that wide trail was at, because even our plus bike, we, you know, that went almost too far. Oh, fine. Where, uh, how's it going? Good, good. <laughs> you know, when when we went plus. A lot of the companies went, you know, 50 millimeter rim with three inch tire. And it was kind of that. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And and so we took it back to, you know, 30 millimeter rim with a 2.8. It's got a bit rounder profile to it, a little bit taller, um, taller profile as well. So you don't bottom it out with those yeah. low pressures. And then what really helped out were the tire companies building tires in those categories that weren't just so flimsy. So, uh, going back to that when we when we started pushing those plus bikes we were like well when we design the next set we should really fit big tires in it so the wide trail is what marketing is calling yeah. it right yeah um but two five two six which is kind of that goldilocks syndrome like this this one's too big and this one's yeah. too small because you can still get right. a fairly lightweight tire that like isn't flimsy yeah and has the you know like it's good yeah it's a good profile yeah. and not necessarily interswappable as far as wheel size goes, mm-hmm. you know, so you can build a really specific bike 
that handles the way you want it to instead of just building something that fits right. three different wheel sizes. Right. So that's what you guys have been... Fo- so it sounds like what you've done over the last few years, Rocky Mountain, has been like you hit it at a good time because all this different stuff. So you were able to like read it, kind of just update all your bikes yeah. and build stuff around all yeah. the cool... like. Well, and we did it at a point where... You know, electronic shifting is mm-hmm. is getting pretty big, so everything's DI2 compatible. Um, there are these ports on all of our full suspension bikes near the bottle bo- or the the bottle cages okay. that are for Fox Live, which gotcha. doesn't exist yet. Yeah, but you know, as most companies know, you you keep a bike for three, five years, yep. maybe six years, depending on what the product cycle is. So, if in twenty twenty one we were running the same frame and Fox mm-hmm. Live becomes a really cool thing, we don't have to make a new mold. So they were kind enough to public, pub, publish the specs for right. how that's going to fit and what those fittings are like. So the bikes are really pretty future-proof. Um, and, and I'm excited about that because you can do a ton with it. Yeah. If nothing else, it's a good sales point for you. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I look mean, at this, man. It's going to be, you're good for like... Who knows if yeah. it's going to be a thing, but if it's a thing, right, you can right. capitalize on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. So what other uh, bike noteworthy bike things? I mean, people can always go. It's bikes.com, right? Bike.com. We are bikes.com. Yeah, you're the bikes.com. How crazy com. is that? I know. My email got so much easier. Yeah. It's just parker at bikes.com. Yeah. Like, it was the one of one of the perks. <laughs> that was one of the best things they could have ever done is jump on there right away. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be leveraging that a bunch in the future. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, our altitude is great for out here. Our instinct, again, is probably our top selling bike for the season. Our element is a sleeper. That bike has, um, we've had that re- revised frame for, I think, three seasons now. Okay. But it really took off this year. So okay. I think a bit of it is that the Midwest and Southern states are realizing that we have bikes that can be ridden there. Yeah. Rocky used to be known as a company that, you know, it's Wade hucking his bike over. Yeah. It has Rocky Mountain as a name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, uh, now we have a lot of bikes that are, um, you know, more capable for that. We just redid our Thunderbolt, which is again in that more short travel category, uh, one thirty, one thirty. 27.5 27.5 fits a 2.5 to 6 tire in yeah. it. Uh, really awesome Midwest. Like if I was riding back in Duluth, that's the bike yeah. that I would yep. I would want back there. Yep. Um, and then this one in front of me is uh, is kind of special. We we launched a drop bar bike. Yeah. So that was, was that's like new 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 new. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't done drop bar bikes in a while. Yeah. Um, kind of bit us in the butt for a little bit and to i mean we're a mountain bike company so when the gravel adventure thing came around we're like oh maybe this is maybe this is enough of a blend so we relaunched the solo uh which i think is pretty unique in its category it's doing what you know a few of the company the higher end boutique companies out there are doing with that drop stay Mm -hmm. so you can fit a 2.2275 tire in there okay and run it as a you know, a bike to ride to sing to light single track, yeah, yeah. rip yep. light single track yep. and come back. I'm run mine up in Salida with a, I think it's a 47 or 48 millimeter okay. 650 tire on okay. there for the baby heads that are on the descents. Yep. It makes a ton yep. of sense. Yep. Um, so that's, that's new for us and I'm pretty excited about it. Dropper post routing, drop our bikes with dropper post routing. Yeah. It's that's the cool. future. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Huh. But that's kind of so, it. So bikes in general. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, oh, shoot, we get, it's beer time over there. Yeah, we're, we'll make it happen. Okay, so we'll finish up. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts, a couple things quick on uh, bike bikes in general. Because we went, this is this could be a huge discussion, but I just want to get your quick. Open the can. Yeah. So we're dealing with, uh, we, uh, swings every way all the time, right? Yes. So it goes yes. back and forth. We go, like, bigger bikes, smaller bikes, whatever it is. Yep. And right now, I just get the feeling, like, we're seeing with all new releases just in the last like week, two weeks, three mm-hmm. weeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Matt and Andrea and Kenny discussed it on just riding along. One of the recent ones was they called it overbiked. And Matt went off on this rant right. about talking about how, not a rant, but a good rant, but like, yeah. um, on how a vent. Yeah. <laughs> and how, like how we're going from everything was pushed to be like bigger, 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 get this bigger bike. You're going to do this trail riding and all this stuff. When really the fact of the matter is, like, if you look at half the country, 
they're not they don't need a lot yeah. of that so like where are we going like what's going on like, well i think it like, goes back to what you and i were talking about before it's so a lot of it is this romantic notion that you're going to be that person sending it off of that big <laughs> you know hey, in our head we're all doing it man right it's like so if awesome. you're gonna do it you have to buy a bike that's capable of it because that's the only thing that's stopping you right but the fact of the matter is that a lot of the bigger bikes have gotten so much lighter and so much easier to pedal mm-hmm. that if you're going to buy something for yourself that you're going to ride, you know, locally around a, a trail that doesn't denote as big of a travel bike. Right. Um, but if you're going to buy something like that and then travel out west with it or travel to travel up to Copper Harbor with it, you want it to have the capability. You don't want to rent another bike right. for that. So I think... But then you're buying it for, like, a small percentage of the time that you're riding. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I, I have a little bit of trouble with that. And, I, and I'm kind of in the opposite realm where I like, to, I like to push a short travel bike or I like to push a fully rigid bike to the point of I'll break. tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Some fully rigid, talking about that. Yeah. Just, uh, for a couple of years, that's what I, I was just in a fully rigid single speed for a couple of years. Yeah. And the shit that I put that carbon fork through was just, I was scared. Heinous. It was great. Like, I did this ride, uh, Ring the Peak, Colorado Springs, Ring the Peak. You basically, there's a trail. Yeah. Like, you go around entire Pikes Peak. And the final descent, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Bear Creek, maybe, was what it's called. But yep. it is the rockiest, gnarliest. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And that carbon, it was a whiskey, I think it was a whiskey fork. Yeah. Totally fine. One, Whole one, thing, it didn't break. One of the stiffer ones out there, too. <laughs> Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, not a lot of flex but, to that one. Yeah, so I just... And we get questions all the time. I get emails all the time because yeah. people are like, well, you know, I like to go, you know, XX Moab, like here, here, here. I'm like, yeah, but you live in, you know, you live in Des Moines or Des Moines or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, riding a six inch travel bike. Yeah. It's well, just like you're spending so much money for such a small percentage of yeah. time. I, I just, I just don't want to sell people because people were asking me, actually, I posted on Instagram, you know, like, uh, just a picture, and somebody's like, "Oh, you're gonna review all these bikes?" And I just have a hard time because, like, if I say, you know, like this bike was like really good, I like this and that. It's like there's so many bikes for so many different people yeah. and so many different situations that if I say that's not my style, like you're gonna be like, "Well, I kind of skip that one." It's like, no, you might not want. But s- I think I think we overthink it a little bit too. Like you and I, you and I can ride bikes. Like yeah. we, we we've been doing it a little mm-hmm. while, mm-hmm. and. And we can say, oh, you don't need that bike for that terrain. When in reality, someone that hasn't maybe ridden a lot, when they jump on a bike that has longer travel, that longer travel bike is, is more and stable. And wider tires. And wider tires. Yep. It's more stable. Um, a lot of times the bottom bracket is dropped a little bit because that's kind of the trend yeah. in that category. So it gives you that confidence and stability to it. Usually, the you know, it doesn't stretch you out over the front wheel a bunch. Yeah. So it puts you in this position yeah, that's a, a little salesman. bit more <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, it puts yeah, you in this I, really confident, relaxed yep. position. And the weight penalty, the pedal penalty. It's just not It there. just doesn't exist yeah. a ton. And and I'm thinking, of, I'm honestly thinking of these this amazing couple from Des Moines mm-hmm. who traveled up to the shop that I, at, at the Catfish and bought kind of longer traveled trail bikes yeah. from us and that was what they were wanting they wanted a bike that was more confident they that they could see over the front end that the wheel was directed more at the rocks in front of them and that because, when they when they did go over stuff it wasn't like yeah beating them and, up. and sure you put that o-ring down at the end of the trail maybe they had traveled through half of it right but the geometry isn't cross-country race now if we did short travel bikes that put you in that upright, relaxed position. Yeah, maybe we'd be on to something. Yeah, but uh, it just doesn't seem like I don't know where the yeah. disconnect is. So it's basically it's like riding driving a Cadillac for those like it's like an old time Cadillac where Heck you just yeah. like floating along. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, I, sure. I understand. I I just hate to see people buy six thousand dollar bikes and like get the feeling that they have to have that to do what they're doing. That guy not, that buys that $30,000 bass boat may not be catching a lot of fish. I, likely not. <laughs> <laughs> like it's usually there's a, there's the correlation. But is man, his like, time out there in the I, wilderness drinking yeah. beer. 
probably having a good time. Yeah, I know. You sold me on that. I'll shut <laughs> think, my mouth now. No, from that, I think from we that think. Of, I think we overthink it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's that's my thought on it. If if somebody wants. I mean, you can't turn them away. If they want it and they're going to use it, then what the hell? Go ahead, yeah. go, go do it. I think, I think for folks in the riding style or maturity that you and I might be in, yeah. if they're buying, like, but they're not people like us aren't asking somebody else what to buy. We already know what we're going to yeah. get. Yeah, so. we're pretty well directed. Yeah, yeah. I I just hope that you know those those folks that are that are jumping into that, you know, big fork, big rear shock, big wide tire category are doing it because they feel comfortable and confident that's, on the bike. I guess and that's not, it, not because we're telling them to. Yes. And because, I think that's where I'm, where my struggle is. That's where my little, my struggle with it is starting the rain. Yeah. Um, might get some spring is, is that is not pushing. Yeah. I don't like to push things on people. I don't either. So yeah. Yep. Guide. But, Yes, <laughs> sometimes gently, well, sometimes a little bit, a yeah. little bit more. Well, but that's where these these type events come in. Yeah, so this handy. is very guiding. Oh uh, man, you, ride whatever you want. Yeah, All you can't bullshit great. anybody either because they're gonna go out and ride it, and they're gonna totally. be like, "Dude, you're full of shit." Well, <laughs> like, and, yeah, you're right. And the fact of the matter is, as much as we'd like, you know, as much as every company would like to say our bikes are so much better than this or so much better than than those people, yeah. There are so many good bikes out there these days. It's, it's so hard to buy a bad bike. It really is. It's really hard. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, I mean, we'll let people ride whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I think that's good. You yeah. have any uh, concluding thoughts? Leave anybody with anything or no, anything? No, I'm to... stoked you're out here. I'm, cool. I'm glad you made it out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's my first spring outer bike, and it's really cool to see everybody together. We When we first got into town on Thursday, you know, the guys at Evil and Pivot and Yeti, we were all setting up, and we went on a big trail ride. And it's just, I, it, it's I sometimes cool. forget that we're all just mountain bikers. Yeah. And it feels really good to get that reaffirmation after a winter of sitting behind a laptop and looking yeah, at all the pictures and the yeah, videos yeah. that are coming out. Yeah. Like when the trails open up and when things are good, like everybody just wants to ride their bike yep. and hoot and holler. Lots of high fives, lots yep. of beers at the end of the trail. So Absolutely. It's great. Well, cool. Yeah. Thank you, Parker. I Thank appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, appreciate it. We'll your definitely advice. be in touch. Sounds good. Cool. Thanks. What you need to do now, since you got all of this for free, is go to mountainbikeradio.com slash support MBR and find out how you can support the show. A big one, hint, hint, is to use the Amazon shopping link. It is free to you. All you have to do is click on it and then do your normal shopping and we get a cut. It's really that easy. And the other huge thing you could do for us is to go to healthiq.com slash MBR. I saved a bunch of money in my life insurance and that's why I'm going to beat you over the head with their ad over the next two months on random shows and because I think it's worth the time. You need to go to healthiq.com slash MBR or mention the code MBR and it supports us and uh, hopefully they come back. <laughs> so please do that. I would really appreciate it. Uh, you can find all information about Health IQ at that website. But real quick, it's all it is a life insurance company that is offering health conscious people cheaper insurance. So just like car insurance, if you're a good driver, you get discounts. It's the same thing for life insurance. I'm done. Any questions, Ben at mombikeradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day.